Delco. What is Delco? Urban Dictionary, maybe the best definition of any place in the history of any place. Delco is the nickname for Delaware County, not just a place to live, it's a way of life. Delco isn't something you obtain with a short visit while you're passing through. Never has been. But don't actually live here, you just won't understand. Delco is something you can spot across the bar while out of town. Speaking of bars, there's 42 to 1 ratio when it comes to bars to libraries. And it's cool to be a 26-year-old bar back. You're just waiting for your big break. Delco people love being from Delco. I don't know that there's any special from Delco, except being a Delco guy, I kind of like it. And welcome back to Delco Baseball Now with your host, Brendan Ricciardi. We had a great game last night in our first Delco League wildcard game, which we'll talk about in a little bit. We also have interviews coming up with Aston Valley skipper Dylan Everly, as well as Narberth Mudcats pitcher and infielder Pat Tolls. We're going to get to talk to those guys a little bit to see what they're feeling going into their first round matchup. It's going to get kicked off. Uh, I'm recording this late Tuesday night, so it's going to be Wednesday night will be the first game of the Aston Valley Narborough series. That'll be at Bonner High School. And the second series, which we'll talk about a little bit, will get started on Thursday. We also have uh, some other news around here. I wanted to give a quick shout-out to the Brumall Newtown Babe Ruth team, uh, the 14-year-olds. They were one win away from making it to the World Series. Just wanted to give them a shout-out for just an unbelievable season. They lost to Mifflin County. They were potentially going to make it back to the World Series, something that the program won I believe it was uh, in 2014, I think a lot of the Marple Newtown guys, Alden Mathis was on that team, uh, just a bunch of you know guys that, that went on to play high-level high school and college baseball were on that team. I uh, just wanted to give them a quick shout-out. We also got two Delco teams still playing right now, Aston Middletown Little League, trying to make their push for Williamsport there in the state tournament in Branford, Pennsylvania. It's outside of, uh, not too far outside of State College, where I go to school, actually, and uh, Springfield, I believe it is the Cal Ripken team is playing in like the middle of nowhere. Uh, I, I believe I have to double check. I believe it's like Oklahoma or 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 somewhere um, just completely random. But you know, it's always good to see these teams going on these deep runs and you know just just representing for the county. And one thing that I wanted to kind of get started doing a little bit more is talking about commitments because I feel like you know that that's something that would be really good to promote. I hope to, once I have more free time, obviously, right now during the Delco League playoffs, I don't really have as much time on my hands, but, you know, just bringing these guys on that committed to schools and just kind of talking to them about, you know, what their thought process was, what was it that drew them to the school, you know, was it the academics for a certain field, was it the team itself, the coaching staff, you know, someone they knew that played there that recommended it, just, you know, just trying to hear different perspectives about how guys end up where they are, you know, that that kind of thing has always been pretty fascinating to me. So just getting to hear from them. So hopefully try and catch up with some of the guys that have been committed. We have Mark Quatrani, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, was the most recent one. He is a Springfield native. He plays uh, behind the plate for the Haverford School. He will be heading to Cornell University following his senior year high school. So congrats to Mark. We also had a couple from this summer. We had Jackson Kehoe. 
for Monsignor Bonner. He's headed to Radford University in Virginia. Now, he was only a sophomore this year, so he's still got two years left, a little bit of time uh, until then. We also had Jack Bateman from Archbishop Carroll. He will be heading to Holy Cross University, another big one there. We also have Tim Dickinson, Malvern Prep. He's going to be going to St. Joe's. So really good summer so far for commitments. And, you know, one thing that I kind of realized is once the fall hits, you know, pickings are going to be slim on stories. I'll be able to talk about some of the showcase teams, but that's about it. So commitments are, are definitely something I want to get into there. All right, without further ado, let's get into the first inaugural wildcard game in the Dome. card game here we have the 218 and 2 seventh seed marple newtown black Sox heading into chester taking on the 715 and 2 six seeded chester clippers on the mound for the black Sox was alex cornell he's a right-hander from bloomsburg university on the mound for chester was dre solomon and marple newtown did not waste any time getting out to a quick start in this one they put up four runs in the top of the first inning Started off with back-to-back singles from Blaze Rantanen and C.J. Castales. They advanced on a pass ball, and Colin Myers got the Black Sox on the board with a sack fly. We have Haverford High School and University of Sciences alum Nick Sorelli smoked a double down the left field line to make that a 2-0 game. They loaded the bases once again on back-to-back walks from Tom Carey and Jimmy DiCarlo, and Jake Fallers hit one down the left field line. Two more runs came in to score and just like that, it was 4 nothing Black Sox with only one out recorded in the inning. Now, Dre Solomon was able to get out of the inning without further damage. And, you know, the Chester offense looked like they were going to have a little bit of life because Nick Toms hit a bomb, no doubter, to left field. He took his time a little bit getting out of the box. Uh, but, it, you know, it was it was a, a great swing, and it made it a 4-1 game. But there's, there's really not much more in terms of scoring to talk about because that was it. That was the final score of the game it was four to one the only runs of the game came in the first inning and Alex Cornell was just sensational for Marple Newtown in this winner go home game seven innings pitched only the one run allowed on the solo homer three hits total the other two by Chester's Chip Chapman wow that was a that's a little bit of an alliteration there that was fun to say Chester's Chip Chapman all right well he had two hits on the day and uh you know, those were those were the only three hits that Chester was able to get together. And, and, you know, I spent a lot of time on the show talking about how I thought this Chester offense had improved a lot. And the lineup, you know, with Jared Spraglot, with Mark Gervaisi, Eric Ludman, like, you know, Bobby Williams, this was a good looking lineup. And Cornell was just better today. That's really what it came down to. And I said it on the last episode that in these wildcard games, the one starting pitcher can steal the show. And 131 pitches later, that's exactly what Cornell did. So now Marple Newtown takes this one with the 4-1 to final. They will advance to the quarterfinals to take on the Springfield Colonials. That series will get started on Thursday at Church Road Park. We'll hear from head coach Steve Trainer uh, in a little bit in a different episode about that upcoming series. Try and get Nick DeComb on the show as well. But, you know, it's, it's exactly what the wild card was brought in to do. You know, last year it was the same amount of teams in the league and it was just the three played the six and the four played the five. But this kind of kept everyone involved throughout the season. And listen, as someone who is just here to, you know, cover the league and have the best content possible, 
the more do or die games, the merrier. Because when I played for Upper Darby last season and we played Aston Valley in game five of the finals, you know, it was awesome. It was it's awesome having that environment where it's winner go home and you know, being able to have a season where you only had two wins in the regular season and now you have one in the postseason is just unbelievable. And I'm really curious how the Marple Newtown arms are gonna hold up because Chris Lupito as as Tom Carey mentioned in our last episode, is away on a showcase trip right now. So Marple Newtown's probably going to have to bring the bouts out a little bit and try and have you know a different approach to try and win this upcoming series. But we'll talk a little bit more about that series uh, when in our next episode when that comes out on most likely Thursday morning. But for right now, we got a new series to talk about here. We got the Narberth Mudcats and the Aston Valley Knights here. These are two teams that finished with near identical records that are at 10-12-1 and 10-13-1. And so these guys are, pr- are pretty evenly matched uh, when, You know, when you look at the big picture here about how they've done throughout the season. So the first time they played was a 9-3 win for the Mudcats. Second time around was the second half of a home-and-home. And, home. and once again, the Mudcats prevailed. It was a 12-1 win. Third time around, Aston Valley got the 5-0 win this time. It was a complete game shutout from Colin Porter, I believe. If not, he had at least six innings in that game. And the last time around, it was a 7-0 win for the Knights. So they're 2-2 two and two in this uh, season series so far. So, you know, going back to having the same, almost the same record, as well as having the head-to-head split, you know, I got a feeling this series is going three. And, you know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit with uh, Dylan Everly about, you know, the, the Knights pitching staff. But they are a team that is built for the playoffs because they have starting pitchers on starting pitchers on starting pitchers. Now, I was not on Wayne last year, but I know when Aston knocked Wayne out that it was, you know, a lot because of the starting pitching. I believe in the three games that Aston beat Wayne in that semifinal last year, Wayne scored 0-0 and 1. You're bringing back a rotation of Chris Murphy, Kyle Maxwell, Roman Tazi. You can have Brian Pozolski in there. You can have Colin Porter in there. They're a team that's ready to, to compete in this series. And and Narberth can absolutely swing the bat. Dylan can, Pat Toll, Mike Anderson, Tyler Kehoe, Mendez. Like, they have just a, a, a really, really good lineup. And I'm, I'm curious to see how that's going to prevail there. Because I would imagine, as we'll talk about a little bit later in the interview, that Michael Anderson gets to start. Uh, I, I would love to see a little Shohei Otani action and have him hit as well. I know a lot of coaches don't really like to have their starting pitcher in the lineup as well, just, you know, for the injury factor and to get them more rest. But regardless, I'm, I'm excited for this game one here. And, you know, you guys have heard enough of my voice here. So let's get started here with the first of our two interviews here. We're going to first start off by welcoming in Aston Valley, uh, I guess, player coach. He's, according to him, more likely uh, just a coach won the playoffs, you know, come around. But we're going to welcome in Dylan Everly. All right, we are now joined by Aston Valley Knight skipper and occasional player as well, Dylan Everly. Dylan, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How you doing? Oh, not too bad. Appreciate it. All right, so you guys will be taking on the Narberth Mudcats in the first round of the postseason, getting started on Wednesday night. So how are you guys feeling in that clubhouse right now going into this series? Um, You know, despite a, you know, a tough week, you know, uh, you know, 
eight games in seven days uh, and, you know, maybe not the most successful week. It, it's a, it was a good uh, warm up for playoffs, you know, be able to play that much in a short amount of time right before the playoffs. You know, I think, I think, uh, you know, the vibes are high. Like I think the team's feeling good and I think we're getting ready to roll into it. Jeez, man. Yeah. Eight games in seven days is not easy, especially how hot it's been recently as well. I, I think I've lost a few pounds. It's that hot. Yeah, dude, honestly. All right, so would you be able to take a little bit of time here to explain, you know, so who some of your, your guys have been this year for anybody who hasn't really been following along too much and, like, kind of who you're counting on in this series? No, of course, I'd be happy to. Um, so uh, throughout the year, uh, probably our one of our best pitchers, our most consistent guy has been Roman Tazi. Um, you know, just graduated in high school. Uh, he's, you know, poised beyond his years a little bit. Like, for a guy that young, he – comes out, throws strikes, competes really hard. And I think one of my favorite things he does as a pitcher is he's able to reset after every, you know, bad pitch or a bad count or a walk. You see him take those deep breaths out there, and he's just, you know, he's always beyond his years. So he's been more, probably our our best consistent pitcher throughout the year. He's been there since day one. Um, you know, you have to give your shout-outs to, you know, Chris Murphy and uh, Maxwell. Those two are just absolute studs. It's fun watching them pitch every time they go out there. Um and just some names to mention on the uh, the offensive side. Uh, Brandon Cologne's been a, a solid point in the middle of our lineup. Uh, Brett Lesher uh, is just a stud of a shortstop. Um, and then on top of that, Colin Porter, um, somebody who he's been around uh, a long time, and I haven't gotten to know him that well, but uh, he's really stepping up in the middle of the lineup as the playoffs is coming up. Yeah, I was I was on Upper Derby last season, so I got to know you guys pretty well during that final series and you know just speaking from personal experience facing chris murphy is never fun no no it's uh for, for a guy that's uh you know retired and uh, kind of getting into his adult life he's uh he's still got everything that you'd imagine it's it's nuts yeah you know when i started doing you know the stuff that i do for this page now it, it was pretty early on in the season when i got back from school and the lineup just didn't look like it was going to have a lot of those same guys back from last year but it kind of feels like, you know, as the season's gone on, guys have started to, you know, slowly make their way back, right? Yeah, so uh, a lot of guys, uh, a lot of key point uh, players on our team kind of took a break as soon as the season ended. Uh, Maxwell's got a uh, version of that. He came and helped pinch run early in the year, um, just kind of give his arm a rest. And he's just been consistent and great since then, uh, which I can respect. I, I understand it's a college season's grueling. Um, so, and a guy that's probably, you know, at the top of his rotation, a Friday night starter for them or Saturday night. Uh, I'm sure, you know, his net rest is needed. So, yeah, I, it, a lot of guys like that that have kind of slowly rolled in there as the season's gone on. Yeah, that's understandable, 100%. Now, this is kind of your first season, you know, really calling the shots here for the night. So, have you enjoyed that experience so far? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I've, uh, I've had a lot of coaching, great coaching myself played a lot of good baseball so it's fun to kind of just share the knowledge that I've been given because it's not necessarily my expertise or any stuff but like I feel like I picked up a lot over the days so it's, it's nice to kind of and coach kids my own age it's fun you know I feel like they really learn and re retain and like you have a kind of like a personal relationship where like they actually like want to listen and learn from you because I did a lot of that in college you know we kind of learned a lot from my teammates and they learned a lot from me so it's kind of just that same process as a coach. Yeah, no, I, I get that 100%. I play club baseball at Penn State, and, you know, we're all student-ran. So I feel like, I don't know, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic that I like where coaches just really understand how we feel. They understand our schedule. They understand what we go through. And uh, I like it. I like that, I like that you know, 
type of environment. Yeah, I uh, I, I went to high school with Little Park, so uh, you know that's good. To, yeah, so. Uh, oh yeah, that's my guy right there. Working for MLB Network now too. Yeah, no, he he seems like uh, when he move up uh, in North Jersey, he seems like he's gonna live in the dream out there. Yeah, good friend of mine, teammate this year. We made it all the way to the Final Four uh, for our Penn State team. Obviously, I got hurt the day before we went down on the trip. But, you know, quick shout-out, Club Baseball, a lot of fun. And uh, same thing, it's, you know, people our age, I, I like it. Good year. Good year. Well, while we're on the topic here, how did you get involved in coaching with the Aston Valley? Because I know Marcus, you know, has been doing this for a while. So Marcus is uh... – Within the last probably five years, Marcus has kind of stepped more into like a GM role um, just because he's been super busy with work. Like this year, he's only been out a few times, um, but he's been, you know, a lot of help behind the scenes between setting things up, getting the schedule, and just kind of having his input about the lineup. And, you know, even Marcus came out and had a hit yesterday. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, he had a double over the left fielder's head. Like uh, I, uh, I, I gave myself a break and let him hit. He was, he had a lot of fun. So it was great. That's awesome. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, some of the guys uh, that have been involved in the team, like, over 10 years ago are good family friends of mine. Um, so they kind of got me involved with the Aston Knights because I started with Upper Darby myself as well. Um, ben Thorpe over there is a good friend of mine. Um, and just, uh, you know, back when they are playing over at Curfield, it was a little too far away. So they came back over to Aston. And, yeah, just uh, Jared didn't have enough time this year. So I've kind of had to step up and just kind of uh, fill the role, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and as we talked a little bit about earlier, uh, this is a team that made it all the way to Game 5 of the Finals last year. So do you feel like there's kind of like a like a chip-on-the-shoulder mentality from these guys you know, to try and uh, finish the job this time? I think so. I think the, they're playing with a little fire in themselves. I think uh, they, they're ready to take kind of like the – you know, what they feel is theirs because uh, it was a, you know, tough last few games. You know, they kind of kind of went up early and past that it kind of fell off a little bit. But that's baseball, you know, and that's what I love about it. You know, you, there, there is no momentum. It's every game is a new uh, fresh seven and uh, it's fun to watch. So tell me a little bit about what you know about your opponent here, the Narberth Mudcats, and what you've seen from them through your game so far this year. Uh, I I just think they're a very well-balanced team. Like, you know, in talking in the dugout after some of the games and talking to the guys, like some think they're really good, strong pitching and others think they're really strong hitting. Um, and it's, it, you know, it's just a really well-balanced team, really well-coached. Um, I forget their coach's name, but, uh, you know, he runs a tight ship over there and they're, they're a gritty group, uh, which I can respect. They, uh, they seem to put their head down and work really hard and, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough series. It's it's nothing's free. Um, I, I like our odds, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a really good team we're playing. All right, last question for you here. What's it going to take for the Aston Valley Knights to win their first championship since 2017? What needs to happen? Um, I think uh, what it's going to take is just uh, more consistent, clean baseball. I think we have a lot of talent, um, but it's it's a very up and down. We'll be the hottest team for three straight games, and we'll be the coldest team for three straight games. I think with everybody being there and just kind of that added intensity, because so I feel like with this last week and some of these other weeks, it's like been a little bit low intensity. It's been a little tough because we've got a lot of interchanging phases and things like that. Um, but I think with the playoffs coming up, I think it'll be just that a little bit more intensity, a little more pressure that some of these guys that uh, you know come from a high-intensity college scene like will need to kind of succeed. Absolutely, man. All right, well, this series is set to get started Wednesday night at Monsignor Bonner High School. Mudcats and Aston Valley Knights. 
I will try and make it over there, and I uh, hope to talk to you guys after. See you there. Yep, thanks again for coming on. Thank you. Thank you once again to Dylan Everly for taking the time to come on the program today, talk a little bit of Aston Valley Knights baseball, what it's going to take for them to win this series with the Narbrook Mudcats. But my next guest here is going to do everything he can to try and make sure that doesn't happen. We're not going to waste any time here. Let's welcome on Narbrook infielder and pitcher Pat Toll. All right, we are now joined by Haverford School alum and Caprini pitcher and infielder Pat Toll of the Narberth Mudcats. Pat, thanks for taking the time to come on. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Glad to have you on here. Now, you and the rest of the Narberth Mudcats will be taking on the Aston Valley Knights in the quarterfinals here in the Delco League playoffs. So how are you guys feeling going into this matchup? Um, I think we're feeling good. Uh, we've played them like three or four, uh, three times this year, I think. And uh, we've had some success early on. Um, but I think they've brought some, some new guys on along as the season's gone on. So they have some better pitchers now. Um, but yeah, I think we're confident. And if we just play our game, uh, each day we'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Now, can you talk a little bit for those who might not have been following you guys much this season, just who some of your top guys have been and you know, who you're kind of counting on here in this series? Yeah. So we're a pretty young squad this year. Uh, we have a lot of seniors in high school graduating going into their first year in college uh like ryan cochran uh from malvern he's going to lehigh dylan can he's going to njit uh bugs kehoe is a great player that we picked up midway through the year pretty sure he has eligibility to play in the playoffs jimmy wygo young pitcher going to monmouth um michael anderson going to rhode island another young guy so yeah we we have a lot of young talent um and I think that speaks to our record a little bit. Like we have a lot of young guys who are really good, but I think we have some inexperience in the Delco league and, you know, we're facing guys just a lot older and more mature than us. Um, so like we're trying to figure that out, but we have a lot of young guys who are really good. Yeah. I noticed when I was watching some of your games, I've been on Wayne this year, I've been banged up. So if you see the kid limping around the dugout, that's been me, but I noticed that you guys, you know, it, it almost feels like a high school or college game. Cause you guys are always, you know, bringing the energy yelling from the dugout you know, compare that to some of like, you know, Wayne's got a bunch of old guys, Springfield, you know, do you feel like playing like that kind of style has been helping you guys? Oh, 100%. I think, I mean, we all have the mindset like, all right, we're here, we're playing baseball. If we're going to be here and play, we might as well do it, you know, the right way with energy and, and have fun while doing it. Um, you know, we've all become really great friends throughout the season. We have a lot of new guys and we're, you know, we're meshing really well. Um, you know, and we, we find ways to have fun. Uh, we like to enjoy playing together. So, um, you know, having that energy on the bench definitely, you know, lifts us up and helps us play better. So how long have you been a part of this Narberth team? So I have been on part of this team since 2017. So the year after the Mudcats first championship, uh, I was I was a sophomore in high school. And that's when I started playing. Gotcha. All right, so we talked a little bit about Aston Valley, and I was wondering if you kind of had any idea what some of the pitching matchups would look like, even if it's just for you guys. Uh, I think 
I mean, if Mike Anderson's playing, I think he's in Georgia for some tournament. But I think Jimmy Wygo would pitch and Bugs would pitch. Uh, I think I can start or maybe – I mean, if I'm not starting, I'd be probably in relief. But I think, yeah, Bugs or Jimmy Wygo probably looking like our matchups. You know, I, I saw one of your games earlier in the year on Game Changer. It just said Kehoe was pitching. So I just assumed it was Jackson because I know he pitched for Bonner. But, you know, I got to go to the game where you guys ran it up on Chester. And, you know, he's a lot better pitcher than I kind of expected. I just knew him more as an outfielder. Yeah. I mean, he's an athlete. He's a great baseball player. Um, you know, I've known Bugs or known at least known of him from a very young age. He's just always been, you know, an amazing talent in, in the Delaware County area. Um, so when he got on the mound and started chucking, I wasn't surprised at all. He's just, you know, a five-tool guy, great athlete. And, uh, you know, he can really do anything when it comes to baseball. Yeah, absolutely. All right, if the Mudcats are going to win this series and move on to the semifinals, what needs to happen? I think we need to obviously hit. Hitting's one thing, but we have to, you know, be better on the base pass. I feel like some of our younger guys get overly aggressive and we forget that, you know, we, you have to be smart on the base pass. Like, we just need runners. We I feel like we give away outs way too easily, uh, trying to take bases when we shouldn't or just making stupid mistakes. Yeah, 100%. All right, is there anything else you'd like to add here before I let you go? Uh, no, I'm good. I, th I think uh, I think that was great. All right, sounds good, man. Series gets kicked off uh, Wednesday night, 545 at Bonner. I'm going to try and stop over if I can. Awesome. All right, thanks again for taking the time, man. Good luck. Thanks for having me. All right, well, that will bring an end here to episode nine of Delco Baseball. Now we got a very, very busy week of our playoff games here, our Springfield and Marple Newtown series. We'll get started Thursday night. We'll have a couple different interviews, hopefully, to get prepared for that one here. Series, once again, get started 545 Wednesday night at Monsignor Bonner. Game two coming Thursday at Buggy and a potential game three Friday night back at Bonner. To thank everybody for tuning in to this episode here. I'm looking forward to uh, the rest of the good postseason. Take care.